Hey, this is Art Gerkins with Fairfield County, Connecticut Postal Customer Council, and welcome to Postal Biz Buzz. So today's guest is Jill Horan. Jill Hi, is... everybody. Hey, Jill. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Well, I want to thank you first for being a guest on our, our podcast. And second of all, I wanted to set the stage for uh, our, this week's episode of Postal Biz Buzz. Um, I have a feeling today's show is really going to go to the dogs and... How so? Well, let's find out. Um, Did you know that in 2020, more than 5,800 postal employees were attacked by dogs in the United States? The injuries range from nips and bites to vicious attacks, which pose a serious threat to postal employees and the general public. Perhaps most important to remember is that dog owners are responsible for controlling their dogs. Pet owners should remind children not to take mail directly from a letter carrier as the dog may view the carrier as a threat. When letter carriers come to a home, keep dogs inside the house or behind a fence, away from the door or in another room, or keep them on a leash. Carriers are trained to stand their ground and protect their body by placing something between them and the dog, such as their mail satchel. And they are authorized to use dog repellent if necessary. So there you have it. There's my tie-in to the Postal Biz Buzz podcast. And as I mentioned, today's guest is Jill Horan. Jill is a teacher and a children's book author. And I remember reading her book about a year ago and thought, we all love dogs. There's a natural relationship between dogs and mail carriers. And with the holidays rapidly approaching, there is still time to get a well-written, entertaining stocking stuffer in time for the holidays. To make the connection even more relevant, the book will likely be delivered by a mail carrier if you order soon. So again, welcome, Jill. And um, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a teacher, mm-hmm. and I've been teaching for uh, over twenty-five years, which is unbelievable to think about. But um, most of my training and experience has been working with children with special needs. Oh, okay. And are you local to Connecticut, or, you know, are you in the area? Where Whereabouts are, uh, do you teach? I teach out in Litchfield County. Oh, okay. At an elementary school in Litchfield County. Right. So Preschool teacher now, actually. Awesome. So what was it may, that made you decide to write this book? It's funny, because I taught at a private special education facility for 15 years and worked with some children who were really at risk. They, they struggled with relationships with people, mm-hmm. and they had a, a lot of issues that just impacted them from day to day. And I thought about writing a story about how to work with these children, and most of them had something called attachment disorder. Mm-hmm. And attachment disorder is when children are with families, sometimes with their biological families and sometimes not, especially if they're coming through the foster care system or through DCF, that type of situation. Sometimes they struggle forming relationships with people. And that was my original thought, is writing kind of a how-to manual for people who are thinking of adopting children, how best to work with them, because sometimes the messages that they give us are just kind of the opposite of what they need. They might push people away when actually what they need is for you to to get closer and for them to be able to trust you. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking of writing this how-to manual. This was years ago when I worked at this school. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
I thought about tying it into our dog, Joey, and um, we could talk more about how we ended up having Joey in our family, but um, just to try to connect those two topics. And so I decided to write a book Mm. from Joey's perspective that would help families, would help children cope with strong feelings, and also just to work with children with attachment issues. Ah, okay. Well, that was going to be my next question. What was the, the dog's name? And Joey, Joey the dog, Joey. huh? How'd you, how did you come about with Joey? He actually had that name when he was at the shelter. He lived at the Meriden Humane Society for three years, mm-hmm. and um, he was given up when he was three years old. So yeah. I, we can imagine what he went through and his family went through for them to bring a dog that's only three to a shelter Mm -hmm. and thankfully the Meriden Humane Society is a no-kill shelter so Mm -hmm. they kept Joey and cared for him for three long years and and then we met him fell in love with him and then um, we have him in our family now but it Mm -hmm. was a long struggle for him and and we wonder what happened to him with his family Mm -hmm. because of just um, the difficulties that he had, especially when we first adopted him. Okay. Well, before we get dig too far into this, I notice, uh, you know, I have a copy of the book, and I notice that the photographer of the book has the same <laughs> last name. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> yeah. My husband and I did most of the pictures for the uh-huh. book, and it was kind of funny because when we um, first met him and went out to visit him, mm-hmm just started taking pictures. We're amateur photographers anyway, so we just started taking pictures along the way and just kind of chronicled what was happening and then never thinking in the end that all of these would get put together into a book. So that was kind of coincidental that the um, pictures were able to be compiled into a book. Some of the pictures in there were from his file from the Mirrored and Humane Society too, but most of them are ones that Tom took or I took. Oh, okay. And from some of the pictures I see, he looks like a big dog. What what breed is he? He's a, a Cocker Spaniel, and he's actually a purebred Cocker oh. Spaniel. Oh, wow. So that's another interesting thing, like why would a family bring a dog that's a, a purebred dog to yeah. a, a shelter, like knowing that they couldn't care for a dog? I mean, he must have been an investment for the family, I would think, initially. And so... Yeah just adds to his story, really. Oh, okay. The purebred, and he's a bigger dog than you typically see as a yeah. Cocker Spaniel. Yeah, he looks... He's about he, 50 pounds, which is, is a large Cocker Spaniel. Wow. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, you know, you touched on it a little bit before, but I know that, you know, I, I like how you seem to be telling the story from Joey's perspective, and um, maybe you could expand on that a little bit. Yes, thank you. That's a, a great observation. And I I thought to write it from Joey's perspective just to have the book be more relatable to children. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about his struggles in life and how hard it is for him to be able to trust people and along the way how he has a lot of feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, he's afraid. He doesn't know what to do. He's faced with choices, and sometimes he doesn't have a choice. Sometimes the choice is made for him. Mm -hmm. So... The book is written from his perspective, and he asks the reader some questions, like, what would you do if you were me? Have Mm -hmm. you ever been in a situation like this? So the book was written so it could be kind of an interactive tool 
Mm-hmm. So it could be used with children, sometimes with therapists, too. So it kind of takes the pressure off if if you're reading something and you're asking, oh, look at this. So this little mm-hmm. cute dog is asking you, do you have these feelings? Have you ever struggled with making a choice or felt like you didn't have a choice? What did you do? And so it's kind of a springboard for children to be able to talk in a yeah. non-threatening way. Yeah, I really liked that. I really, I, I liked it. I think it was much more effective coming from Joey's perspective than it would have been from your perspective. And I, I think it's probably, Thank like you. you say, you're saying it more scientifically than I could, but it's it's it seems like it's just because children can relate more to the dog than to humans. Right. Very interesting. Um, I noticed you had a main character in there named Denise. Uh, What could you tell us about Denise? Well, thank you for asking about Denise. And um, originally, when we were first considering adopting Joey, we knew that he had some issues. I mean, to find a dog that's been in a shelter for three years, that kind of raises some red flags right off the bat. Like, why would he be in there for that long? Mm. What could possibly be happening? So I had contacted the shelter and asked, how do we meet him, and how does this whole process work? And they had mentioned that um, they would put me in touch with his handler named Denise. Mm -hmm. So that's, you're thinking, okay, what is a handler, and why would a dog need a handler first? So it turns out that Denise was the one person that Joey connected with, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. He grew to trust her. Mm-hmm. And of, out of all the people that he's met along the way, as far as I know, she's one of the very few people that he hasn't bitten. <laughs> and he and she just connected. And over time, she brought him to her house, mm-hmm. and he would spend time with her. He just felt very comfortable with her. And you think of a dog who was a biter, mm-hmm. who bit many, many people. Mm-hmm. She would just grab him by the face and kiss him all over his face mm-hmm. and his nose and everything. And and for her to feel comfortable to do that and for him to let her mm-hmm. is pretty amazing, yeah. really. That says that she took the time or whatever way she knew how to build that trust with him. Mm-hmm. It was successful. And so she was the person kind of that was the point person and trying to figure out how to find the best family mm-hmm. for him so that it would be successful and he wouldn't be brought back to the shelter because that's what ended up happening with him. Mm-hmm. Families would adopt him and they bring him back. Someone right. would say, oh, look how cute he is. They'd bring him home and he would bite them mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they would bring him back. So she just wanted to, to stop this cycle of him just going places and just keep coming back to the shelter. So she was in charge of just interviewing families who were interested in adopting him. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Sounds like Denise is a, a very special person, and you know, in order to gain the trust, and and trust is a word and a theme that I saw throughout this book. Um, right. I, I know, as an English major, I don't want to blow my own horn, but I did pick up <laughs> on that theme. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That trust is it's a huge theme. I mean, with with him, with the dogs, with people, with all of us, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how we build relationships with people. We learn to trust or not to trust, basically. And with Denise, she was someone who he learned to trust. She was one of the very few people. And after we 
made the decision, and it was a long, long process, but after we made this decision to adopt Joey and he came to live in our home, mm-hmm. we talked with her and asked if she would still be willing to be a part of his life, which she was thrilled. And she originally wanted to adopt him, but through circumstances she wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. So she was the person that would come over, you know, when we'd have get-togethers, she would come to visit him for his birthday, and she just really stayed connected as a part of his family and then became part of our family, which was something really special. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, there's something else I, I liked in the book, and it's a term that you coined. I don't know if you coined it, but it's used uh, it throughout the book, and it's uh, forever family. Can you tell mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the deliberate use of the term forever family? Mm, thank you. I wish I could take credit for that, but that's <laughs> actually something that we've heard along the way just from meeting with people at the shelter. So the forever family would be a place where the dog lives forever, and sometimes, and many of your viewers I'm sure are familiar with, just foster placements. So that can be for children, could be for pets. And so um, the next step would be adoption for children, for pets, or a forever home. And so that's what they were looking for for him, and that's what he has now. He has his forever home. It was a long road for him, and now he is a very happy 14-year-old pup. Wow. That's awesome. I got to say, in the middle of this, I'm looking at my sound engineer, Lisa. She looks like she's almost in tears. Oh. Yeah, we knew we knew this was going to be a good story, so uh, <laughs> I like doing that to Lisa from time to time. Uh, it is. It's such a happy story because, yeah. I mean, he had such a long, difficult road, and we know that there was stuff that must have happened to him because just how he reacted, you know, initially when um, he came to live at our home, this there's one situation where I was mowing the lawn. And so I, I said to him, you know, here you are talking to our dog, but I'm like, I'm right here. Cause he would have to be like right next to us. You know, he wasn't right. that connected to us, but still we were the only people that he knew. Yeah. And I had him hooked up to the run in the backyard, you mm-hmm. know, just chain thing. And I was mowing the lawn in the front. And then all of a sudden I'm coming around the back of the house and I see him like way on the side thinking, like, okay, the run does not stretch that far. Mm. He pulled, like, a steel bolt from (laughs) the house. He ripped it out of the the siding and detached the run. Like, that's how frantic he was, that he wasn't able to find, you know, someone that he knew. Right, his forever family, yeah. Right. Awesome. Right. You know, and uh, there's some humorous stories in there, too, and I, I know that Joey... You know, he he likes something that I used to love. That is until I started hanging with hanging around with my recently retired sound engineer, and that's bacon. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's bacon. And I think I'll pass on the bird poop, but uh, he he definitely liked his bacon, huh? Yes, and you know, interesting strategy that my husband practiced when we were first going to the shelter because we had to make a lot of visits to the shelter first before we did the move with him coming home with us and everything. Mm -hmm. So Tom thought somehow to actually rub bacon treats on his hands Mm -hmm. before he went there. Mm -hmm. Like, how smart is that? So then you go to the shelter, and they bring out the dog, 
who do you think the dog is going to go to? <laughs> the one that smells like bacon. So that was the thing. So Tom, I don't even know how he thought to do that. So he would like rub bacon treats on his hands. Joey would go over, smell his hands. We'd give him treats. And that was a great way for him to just kind of connect us in a, something that was in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Of course, he could have like went the other way and tried to eat. Again. He could have tried to eat Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, right. Exactly. But it, it seems like it worked out. Well. But it didn't. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I just remembered another passage from the book, and uh, you know, and it ties into our postal theme of this podcast, and that would be, I guess, when Joey felt like he wanted a cookie, there was a little thing that he would do, and could you explain like what he would do? He would he would bring something to you. Yes, yes, good question. So it's funny, they told us at the shelter because he had something called possession aggression. So Mm -hmm. we would say, okay, he's picking up things around the house. Mm -hmm. Usually it was something white for some reason. Mm -hmm. He would pick up something white and then you try to get away from, get it away from him and he would growl and snap at you and, you know, try to bite you and everything. Mm -hmm. So they told us, oh, here's a strategy. Replace what he has with something that he wants. So you go over to him and offer a cookie or something like that. And so usually he'll just drop whatever piece of mail. It could be a lottery ticket, could be a Christmas card, you know, a holiday card, something. And then he would drop that and you'd give him the cookie. But then he's so smart, he decided, okay, I want a cookie. What do I do? I'll just pick up something that (laughs) I know the owners want, like a lottery ticket. There's actually pictures of him holding a lottery ticket in the book. Yeah. He'll bring it over, just kind of sit there, right. and then what do you need to do to give him, get the lottery ticket back? You have to offer him a treat. <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay, maybe this wasn't the best strategy right. for the possession aggression, but it definitely, he stopped biting because well, of it, there's, but now there's he knows times, exactly how to get a cookie. There's times I feel lazy where I wish my dog would, would be able to go out and get my mail and bring it to yeah, me. Yeah, right. I think that's pretty, <laughs> exactly. pretty ingenious. <laughs> and, Open uh, that little flap yeah. on the front, right? Now, uh, I understand that Joey has a Facebook page. Can you he tell does. us a little bit about that or how people can get to it? He does. If you look up Joey, the dog that nobody wanted, he has his own Facebook page, mm-hmm. some pictures on there. The readers can feel free to write any notes that they would like to, and we will write back. Mm-hmm. He also has a YouTube channel. He does. With, with dozens of video clips of him doing some pretty funny things that we've recorded over the years. So mm-hmm. he has a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. Wow, he's a regular media star. we got to get him yeah, his own podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, so kids like to see that. They could see the photographs of him in the book, but they also see him in action and mm-hmm. get a kick out of the videos. So if, if people wanted to order this book, how would they go about that? It is available on Amazon, Mm -hmm. so if you were to look up by the author, by Jill Haran, Mm -hmm. or by the title, Mm -hmm. The Dog That Nobody Wanted, Mm -hmm. you'll see his picture on there. It's interesting, people at first were looking at the picture they chose for the cover and thought like, oh no, I should put like a friendlier picture of him on the cover, but Mm -hmm. the picture of him on the cover of the book is one from his file at the Meriden Humane Society. Just it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a look that doesn't seem like he would be a dog that would be approachable. Mm-hmm. So you'll see more cute 
warm and fuzzy pictures of him inside the book, but that's the one that you'll recognize on the cover. Right. And um, one more thing about that. So you can order on Amazon, and I'm, I'm sure Amazon, they, they probably use the U.S. Postal Service to do that last-mile delivery. But, yes, um, they do. And, and, and the book ahead. would not be a success without the Postal Service because that's how we're able to reach our bigger audience mm-hmm. and just to reach all of your listeners. All right. right. But I, I heard a neat little story the other day that since you're a local author, one of the local bookstores featured your book prominently on one of their display cases. Is that true? Yes. And, and where is this bookstore? And <laughs> let's give them a little plug. Oh, thank you. It's called The Hickory Stick. It's a uh-huh. bookstore in Washington, Connecticut. Oh. I work right in that area, and uh-huh. so they have it prominently displayed, as you say, with a little card that just describes a little bit about how um, some of the profits from the sale of Joey's book will be donated to the Meriden Humane Society to help oh. other furry friends out there that are looking for their forever homes. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's that's a really good deal um, from them. Um, I, think, I think that's about all I had prepared. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today, Jill? I'd just like to thank everybody for listening and for sharing Joey's story, and I hope that it's helpful to people out there who are working with children who may be struggling, especially during these times. There are a lot of children who are having a hard time coping with everything that's going on, and the message in the book is just about breathing, using some coping strategies, and doing the things that bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. So I hope that this message helps everyone out there. It's a message for children and adults and just for everyone to be kind to each other and to give love a chance. That's awesome. And it's not too late to order now and get it in time for Christmas. Uh, no, it is not. To all our help. listeners. We'll get it to you. <laughs> Jill, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on Postal BizBuzz today. Thank and you very much. to our listeners and anybody who anybody else who may not be a subscriber but are listening for the first time, you could find Postal BizBuzz on all the podcast sites such as Apple, Google, Spotify. You can also find us on our website of the Fairfield County, Connecticut PCC, which is located at www.pcc-ct.org. Uh, thanks, and I wish you all a very happy and healthy holiday season. Happy holidays, everyone.